I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. Welcome back to RIP Diet Season 4, motherfuckers. If you're joining me for the first time, welcome to RIP Diets. I would highly recommend listening back to the first season where I go over all 10 principles of intuitive eating, which is a style of eating that I refer to a lot on this podcast. I would also recommend listening to the last episode that I recorded, which was the first episode of Season 4. And I have a very important disclaimer in there, mainly that I am not a healthcare professional or a dietitian, and don't come at me if you disagree with certain things I say. Um, I'm always down for, you know, a nuanced conversation about diet culture, but I am not into people on the internet calling me an idiot because really I have access to all the same information that you guys do. And I do my absolute best to be informed, as informed as I can about what I talk about, but I do have my limitations. So think of this podcast as your anti-diet companion. Basically, if you're looking for a way out of chronic dieting, out of the binge restrict cycle, out of the cycle of hell that is every diet, (laughs) at least every diet that I've ever been on, and you just want a little bit of support, you want to know how to break free from diet culture, how to feel better about yourself, how to make food choices that feel like your own food choices and not what you think you should be eating or what the media is telling you you should be eating, this is the podcast for you. Okay, first off, I have some food news. This is a brand new segment. I should have done it in the first episode, but I didn't think of it in time. So I'm debuting it now. This is a segment where we celebrate food and we talk about new exciting developments in food that have absolutely nothing to do with diet culture. This is just a celebration of food and honestly a PSA to start trying some new foods because these companies are coming out with some bomb treats. Okay, this one I've been dying to talk about. I'm, I had to get on mic today to announce this. Krispy Kreme announced a collaboration with Cinnamon Toast Crunch on Monday that includes three varieties of Krispy Kreme donuts coated with a cinnamon milk glaze. The cereal milk glaze is not only inspired by Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but is actually made with the iconic cereal. I am so here for this. I have always been a huge fan of cereal and Cinnamon Toast Crunch has got to be in my top three. It is just so good. And I mean, who doesn't love a donut? I need to try these donuts. And here's the breakdown. I believe there are three different kinds of donuts. The cinnamon milk glazed donuts. This is the most basic of the bunch. Simply covering classic Krispy Kreme donuts with a cinnamon milk glaze. Mm, Sounds so good. Meanwhile, the cinnamon milk glazed donuts with cream cheese. Oh, damn. Takes the cinnamon milk glazed donuts, adds a layer of cream cheese icing, and tops it off with cinnamon toast crunch pieces. I am shaking. Finally, the cinnamon milk glazed donuts with dulce de leche adds a drizzle of dulce de leche icing, cinnamon toast crunch pieces, and a sprinkle of cinnamon sugar to the cinnamon milk glazed donuts. You guys, 
this is an emergency. I need to find a Krispy Kreme so I can try these donuts. We don't really have Krispy Kremes in New York City. God. Okay. Slide into my DMs. Tell me how excited you are about these donuts. Maybe I'll do like a donut mukbang or something if I can get my hands on these donuts and put it on my Instagram or something because I need to try these. But sometimes I say I'm going to try something and I never get around to it because I can't find it, aka Krispy Kreme. Um, But I'm going to make it my mission. This is my mission to find these donuts because they sound like the best thing I will ever taste. Okay, and now on to everybody's favorite segment, I have a bone to pick. This is a segment where I talk about things I have a bone to pick related to diet culture. So this is supposed to be collaborative. Please slide into my DMs if you have a bone to pick with diet culture and I will share the best ones on the show. I also like to put reels up on Instagram of my bones to pick. So you can also drop a comment under one of the videos with your bone to pick. And that's a really easy way for me to see that too. Once again, my Instagram handle is Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Okay, without further ado, I have a bone to pick. By the time this comes out, this is going to be old news. And I know that everybody has already talked about this, but I'm experiencing this in real time. So this is my bone to pick this week. Guys, I have a bone to pick today and it's with Kim Kardashian. Hear me out. Okay, I know that A lot of people are talking about this and it's already been covered, but I really wanted to give my opinions on this and kind of break it down from my own perspective of health at every size and anti-diet. Okay, so at the Met Gala on Monday, this past Monday, when I'm recording this, Kim Kardashian proudly stated that she lost 16 pounds in only three weeks to fit into Marilyn Monroe's iconic happy birthday Mr. President dress. She said she did this by eliminating carbs and sugar, running on the treadmill, and wearing a sauna suit. Whatever the fuck that is. Um, I want to say this before I get started on my actual bone to pick, but this is just a side note, and I want to know if anybody agrees with me. I might get torn apart for this, but I did not like this look. I did not understand it. The theme for the Met Gala was the Gilded Age, and I did not understand why Kim would wear Marilyn Monroe's dress from the 1960s. If it was supposed to be a Gilded Age theme, it just doesn't make any sense. I also think that dress was not really meant to um, be walked on the red carpet. It's not really meant to be seen during the day. It almost doesn't even look like the same dress. If you look at it side by side, because Marilyn's dress, when we think of it, we think of the the dim lighting, the evening wear of it all. Um, it just has a different feel. I don't think it was meant to be seen in the daylight. I also don't think it looks appropriate on Kim. And I don't mean this in any personal way against Kim. She always looks gorgeous and flawless, okay? But It's just very clear that the dress wasn't made for her. And that actually leads perfectly into my point because clothing is supposed to be made to fit us, right? We are not supposed to alter our own bodies to fit into clothing. That is not the purpose of clothing. Clothing exists so that we can put something on our body. I don't think uh, going on a diet just to fit in a dress 
or, you know, to get into a jean size that's two sizes smaller. Um, I don't think that is a worthy pursuit. I think that everybody should make peace with their body and then find clothes to fit their body. I know that this is a different situation because this was for the Met Gala. It's a very big event, highly publicized. Kim wanted to make a statement. I can't help but think it was a little underwhelming. I don't think she made the grand statement in this dress that she was hoping to make. And I also think that it might have been her intention to kind of uh, comment on the fact that she is the modern day Marilyn Monroe. And, you know, that could be debated. People view Marilyn Monroe as this highly esteemed figure. You know, we put her posters up in our dorm rooms and there are all these inspirational quotes out there that Marilyn allegedly said. Um, That was probably just, you know, a cliff notes. But (laughs) I don't think that anybody knew at the time that Marilyn was going to have the staying power that she ended up having. I don't think that back in the 50s and 60s, people knew that Marilyn would still be so famous in 2022. And I think a lot of that obviously has to do with her early death, her screen presence, and her look. I mean, a big part of Marilyn Monroe's persona was her sexuality and her body and just her looks. I mean, she had a very unattainable look and that was very intentional. She was supposed to be a sex symbol and she still is regarded today as as a sex symbol. So anyway, no disrespect to Marilyn, but the dress, it's not really that fabulous. It was fabulous on Marilyn. Okay. And I agree it's iconic because of what happened when Marilyn wore the dress. But at least to me, the dress itself is not really that iconic. If I saw it on Kim and I didn't already know the historical significance, I would not have recognized the dress. I think Marilyn has other dresses that are way more iconic on their own, um, like the gold gown with the deep V or the white dress she wore over the subway great. Um, Yeah, that's just one woman's opinion. But I I just, I didn't quite get the significance of wearing this particular dress. Maybe it was the only dress of Marilyn's that Kim had access to. I don't know. I digress. But let's get back to Kim. Immediately after telling the press how much weight that she had lost, she went on to say how excited she was to binge on donuts and really reward herself with food after the Met Gala. This is exactly why going on a restrictive diet will end up biting you in the ass. Research has shown that when you cut out sugar, you will psychologically end up craving it way more and that leads to a binge restrict cycle. And that's exactly what Kim says is going to happen. She's going to binge on donuts to reward herself for all that restriction. She's going straight to Krispy Kreme after this. She's getting that new Cinnamon Toast Crunch collab. Um, it, Here's my thing. I'm actually glad that Kim was honest about how extreme the diet was because I think otherwise people might have thought, oh, she just naturally fits in that dress. That's just her genetics. And maybe they wouldn't have put two and two together. Um, However, it sends a really harmful message to those who struggle with eating disorders and poor body image. This is not healthy. This is so dangerous. It's not something to aspire to. 
there's no reason why you would need to go on an extreme diet just to fit into a dress. There are always other dresses and she could have done a better look. Like that's what I keep going back to is I don't think anyone should go on such an extreme diet. It's straight up dangerous, but especially not for this underwhelming Met Gala look. Am I wrong? I I need to hear what you guys think about this because I I just, I don't get it. And then, so back to Kim K being the modern day Marilyn Monroe. I think in some ways she is very much what Marilyn was at the time because Marilyn was a controversial figure. She was a sex symbol. She had a huge, you know, male audience, a lot of admirers. She was married many times. But she was also praised for being a curvy woman at the time or, you know, curvier than what was in fashion for that time. But we now know that Marilyn actually was not curvy at all. She had a very unattainable body type. She had large breasts, uh, small waist, big hips. So in a sense, she was curvy in that she had curves, but she was still very petite and thin. The fact that Kim Kardashian had to lose 16 pounds just to physically zip up the dress And I have other theories about that. I I don't think the dress actually ended up fitting because she had a fur stole, a fur, uh, what do you call it? A wrap. And um, she was very strategically holding it to her body in a way that made me think, oh, that dress didn't actually fit. She just, she made it work. Um, But anyway, I, I do think we can make the comparison between Marilyn and Kim in that a lot of people do refer to Kim as a curvy woman, but really she's tiny. She is not, you know, she she has curves. She's had a BBL. She wears waist trainers. She has like this very cartoonish, exaggerated, uh, curvy body type, but she's actually quite thin and petite. And I think that that actually does some harm to the body image of girls growing up nowadays because you're looking at a picture and you're thinking, okay, that's curvy. So I want to be curvy. I want to look like that. But really, that body type is just as unattainable as Marilyn Monroe's body type, as Kate Moss's body type. It's just as unattainable to anybody who doesn't naturally have that body type, which is 99% of people. So I think we all need to keep that in mind that celebrities do not live on this planet. There are different standards that we hold them to. And um, the fact that Kim is called curvy is quite frankly hilarious um, because any curves that she has are not there naturally. And you heard it here first. I'm going to wrap this up, but I mean... The thing that has stayed with me throughout the whole news cycle of this story is that I just can't believe it's 2022 and we're still showing celebrities and their extreme weight loss and these dramatic transformations. We're still glorifying it to a certain extent and not being that critical. I mean, there has definitely been criticism of Kim, but in the interview, She's glowing. She is proud. You can tell that she's proud of her weight loss. And in the press, you know, it's the verbiage that I've been seeing, at least, is Kim Kardashian's stunning weight loss, her dramatic transformation. But the headlines are not really being critical 
of the fact that that's really, really unhealthy. I think uh, in terms of celebrity culture, we really don't give a fuck about people treating their bodies well. All we care about is that thin ideal. And the thin ideal is still going strong. And that's why this podcast exists, to combat the thin ideal. You don't need to be thin to go to the Met Gala. You don't need to lose weight to fit into a dress to go to a fabulous event and look fabulous. And you don't need to wear Marilyn Monroe's dress. We don't need to be Marilyn Monroe. Can we move away from Marilyn Monroe? She's iconic. Like, again, the Marilyn stands, I don't want them coming for me. Marilyn's a goddess. And, you know, she will be remembered and loved and revered. and, And that's all fine and good. But we don't need to look like her in 2022. We know so much more now about health at every size, about beauty standards, about all of this. Lest we not forget, Marilyn committed suicide. Marilyn was not happy. And I'm not going to say that's because, you know, maintaining that body was so miserable, but I do think that's part of it. I do think that she felt this extreme pressure to be this sex symbol. And she could never really show who she really was because she constantly needed to cater to the male gaze. Personally, that's not a life that I want to live. And that's not a life that I want for any one of you. So no matter how much the press is glamorizing this fashion moment, do not think for a second that that means you need to go on a diet or you need to put any stress on your body. You do not. You are absolutely fabulous just the way you are. And don't forget it. Okay, so now for my topic today, this is a little bit different than what I normally talk about because I'm not really a Kardashian stan. I didn't really watch Keeping Up. I saw a few episodes here or there because my sister watched it and some of my friends watched it. Um, So I got the gist, but I wasn't really into it. However, everyone was talking about the new Kardashian show on Hulu. And in the wake of the whole news cycle with the Marilyn Monroe dress, I thought it would be interesting if I watched the first episode of the Kardashians and just for my own education, just see how they talk about bodies, if there's any diet culture creeping in there, and to report back on the show. Because I know that so many women and so many girls look up to these women. They look up to the Kardashians. And I think there are a lot of reasons why you should look up to them. I think these are women who have very impressive businesses. They've built a very strong brand. And they also seem to be a ride or die, really close family. And I think for that reason, those are all great things to look up to. I also think it's all right to look up to somebody just because you think they're fabulous. I think that's fine. And that's fine if you guys do that with me too. You know, just tell me I'm fabulous. I will never be offended if that's the only reason why you like me. However, I think there's a little bit of a cognitive dissonance between thinking someone is fabulous and supporting every single thing they do. I can admit these women are fabulous in their own right and also quite successful business women. But I can also be critical about certain messaging that they seem to think is okay. Because when you have such a large platform, I do think you need to take into consideration the demographic that is consuming your content and the message that you're putting across to that demographic. So anyway, I did watch the first episode of The Kardashians. I actually watched it twice because I watched it first just as a run through and then I watched it again and took some notes. 
So this is only the first episode. There might be more that some of you have picked up on and I would love to know about it, but I didn't watch all of the episodes that have aired. I've only watched the first. So in the first episode, there are a lot of references to diet culture, a lot of references to wanting to be skinny, a lot, a lot, a lot. I consolidated it in a list. If you did not watch the first episode of The Kardashians, I'm not really spoiling anything. Also, who gives a fuck about spoilers when it comes to reality TV? I personally don't. Um, But I think you will definitely understand everything I'm talking about. It's not like you need to have watched this to understand. Okay. So about minute five into the first episode of The Kardashians, Kylie, who is quite pregnant, At this point, Um, she's pregnant with her son. We now know that she ended up having a son. She is in the kitchen with Chris and Kim is in the kitchen as well. So Kim says to Kylie, I know what you're having. And Kylie's like, what do you mean? She's like, I know you're having a boy. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this probably when my sister was on because my sister has two children. But there's all this folklore that people will say to pregnant women commenting about how they're carrying. I have definitely heard what Kim is about to say before, which is that uh, girls take your beauty. So this is a direct quote. Kim says, you look prettier than in your last pregnancy and you're skinnier than last time. The girls take your beauty to give it to themselves and the boys know what's up and will let you be a little bit prettier. This is a direct quote. The fact that Kim Kardashian thinks that this old wives tale is true and that there's any medical relevance to it is hilarious. I don't think we should be commenting on how women are carrying at all because even saying you look prettier than in your last pregnancy, that would make me think, oh, cool. So was I an ugly bitch in my last pregnancy? You know what I mean? I just, I don't think a positive comment like that always comes across the way we think it's going to, especially if that person is feeling insecure and, you know, pregnant women go through a lot of changes with their body and it's very normal to be a little bit insecure during your pregnancy. And I don't, I just know that personally, if somebody said, well, you're prettier in this pregnancy than in the last one, that would make me feel kind of bad. I I would know that it's well-intentioned, but I would feel kind of yuck about that. Anyway, this is the first, you know, reference to being skinny that is thrown out. And I thought it was very interesting that it was Kim saying it to Kylie, who is pregnant. And this is the one time in your life that... There should be zero expectation on you to be skinny. I mean, scratch that. There should never be an expectation on you to be skinny because we do not need to be skinny. But especially when you're pregnant, I don't think it's fair to comment on someone's body who has zero control over what is happening in their body. It's just not productive. All right. Then there's another scene in this episode where they have a catered lunch And Kim's studying for the bar. So they bring in this catered lunch and it's French fries and chicken wings, it looks like, which is just a whole vibe. And I'm obsessed. I would love to cater in some French fries and uh, chicken wings for myself. But um, so they show Kim loading up her plate with French fries and some chicken wings. And then they cut to a confessional. And it's Kim saying, 
I'm a vegan most of the time, but today I'm going wild. I just found this one kind of funny because it's like, all right, clearly you're not vegan if you eat chicken ever. But also the fact that a couple chicken wings and like a handful of French fries to her is going wild just shows how skewed her perspective is on everything food related. And then this was double confirmed later because there's a scene and this one got my goat the most out of everything. There's a scene where Courtney, Kim and Chloe go to lunch and I wrote down verbatim exactly what they each ordered and you're going to understand the significance a little bit later. Okay, Kim orders a grilled artichoke with a side of mayo and skinny onion rings. That's in quotes. I don't know what skinny onion rings means. I don't know if they make it with less oil, so they call it skinny. I have no idea. They're they're probably baked and not fried, if I had to guess. Courtney orders the Impossible Burger and sweet potato fries. Okay. Chloe orders an iceberg lettuce wedge chopped with ranch dressing. (laughs) And then the other two girls follow suit and end up ordering that salad as well. It cuts to Chloe in an interview saying that she and her sisters are foodies, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious because ordering an iceberg lettuce wedge with ranch dressing does not a foodie make, okay? Neither does ordering an impossible burger with sweet potato fries. That's just my personal opinion. A foodie is somebody who enjoys food and, you know, enjoys the experience of food, likes gourmet food, likes to try different things. Um, It's not a person who orders skinny onion rings, okay? That does not make you a foodie. I'm sorry. Look it up. She then goes on to say, that's why we work out the way we do, because we order everything, we scarf it down, and we pray for forgiveness later. Needless to say, this is a horrible example of earning your food with exercise, because basically she's saying, we order what we want, so then we feel guilty for it, and then we pray for forgiveness, and we work out as hard as we can to negate those calories or those, quote, bad foods that we ate. I also think pray for forgiveness is a very interesting term to use because that's using religious symbolism. And I do think that dieting is a religion for many, many people. And I do think this praying for forgiveness or, you know, praying for a miracle, praying for the magic solution, all of these terms, they're either supernatural or religious or, you know, almost connected to something outside yourself that you're asking to help you keep your body in good shape. And it makes it all seem way more mystical and way more uh, spiritual than it actually is. So I thought that terminology was interesting. Um, Yeah, so these are three very concrete examples of really, really toxic diet culture. And this is all just in the first episode of The Kardashians, which I think goes to show that these are not good examples for young women. I understand your perspective to say, you know, these are women in business. We should be supporting other women. And I I do support that. But at the same time, I can be critical of something that somebody says to an audience of millions 
when I think that it's toxic and harmful. So that's what I'm doing here. And I don't hate on any of their businesses. I don't hate on them personally. I bought a Skims strapless bra recently. Um, and Skims actually seems like a good company. And it seems like good shapewear. It's size inclusive. It goes from extra small to 4X. I'm really not sure about shapewear in general. I haven't come to a decision about this, about whether I think it's fat phobic or whether I think you can be body neutral and wear shapewear. I do think for fashion, when you're wearing certain garments, smooth lines and clean lines can make the garment look better. But I'm in the process of asking myself, since Skims has made shapewear so much more accessible, I'm pretty sure the only thing that existed on a large scale before, and that was very widely known, was Spanx. And Spanx, I think, kind of had that air of it's for older women. My mom actually used to work in an evening gown store when I was in high school, and she would have all the women who came in for Mother of the Bride dresses buy Spanx to go with it. It was a whole thing. So I never thought of shapewear as something that a young person would wear until Skims made it more accessible and made it kind of something that people were talking about more. So now I'm kind of going back and forth. Well, can you be body neutral or body positive and still wear shapewear? I don't know. And I'm going to think about it more and maybe report back to you. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Um, Lizzo actually also started a shapewear line, Yiddy, which is even more size inclusive. It goes from extra small to 6X, which is pretty incredible. But she was getting a lot of hate for that because I think because Lizzo is a full figured woman, people put an expectation on her that everything she does and everything she endorses has to match up with body positivity. But I don't necessarily agree with that. I do think that there's something to be said for just letting Lizzo exist and letting her have business ventures. And that is inherently body positive because she is a person in a larger body who is thriving and starting businesses and making fire music. Um, at least people are being included. That's what I tend to lean more towards. At least if you want to buy shapewear, if you're a fashion girl, but you live in a larger body, now you're being included. Now plus size women who did not used to have the same access to shapewear can have it because it doesn't only go up to a certain size and you can be a part of that whole situation. Whether it's a positive thing, I am honestly not quite sure. And that's all I have to say about that. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in to RIP Diets. If you want even more RIP Diets content, you can visit my Patreon, patreon.com slash rip diets. And for a small fee, you get access to occasional vlogs, bonus episodes, and it really does help support the show and keep me going. So that's always much appreciated, but of course not expected. And if you can't afford it, you can always download this podcast for free and engage with me on Instagram. My handle is Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. And the podcast Instagram is RIP Diets. Definitely follow RIP Diets because I give updates on the show and I give a little daily dose of body neutrality and information about diet culture in the media, what have you. So it's a very good accoutrement to the podcast. I will see you in the next episode. Peace, love, RIP diets.